Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. <coughs> On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 22, Salvation and the Holy Relationship, with Section 3, Your Brother's Sinlessness. At the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance for, of our lesson for the day. Lesson Today is Lesson 247. Without forgiveness, I will still be blind. Be led by friends. As ever. So let me ask you, Lori, do you have a poetic opening for this this call in this central section? I do, I'm glad you asked today. It's one tiny little thought that encapsulates both the reading and the lesson today. It's from Hafiz and it's worthy of repeating. Let tenderness pour from your eyes the way sun gazes warmly on earth. Once again, let tenderness pour from your eyes the way sun gazes warmly on earth. Without forgiveness, I will still be blind. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Well, thank you, Lori. Oh, you're I'm very welcome. Um <clears throat> well here's Here's who I have with us this morning. I have with us in reading, I have Lori, Fran, Charles, Jennifer, Karen, Harrison, Judy, and Jessica. And with us in listening, I have Ida. Is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to say good morning or join the reading list? Okay. 
I'll get it started then with uh, today's reading in chapter 22, Salvation and the Holy Relationship, section 3, Your Brother's Sinlessness. The opposite of illusions is not disillusionment, but truth. Only to the ego to which truth is meaningless do they appear to be the only alternatives and different from each other. In truth, they are the same. Both bring the same amount of misery, though each one seems to be the way to lose the misery the other brings. Every illusion carries pain and suffering in the dark folds of the heavy garments with which it hides its nothingness. Yet in these dark and heavy garments are those who seek illusions covered and hidden from the joy of truth. Lord. Uh, chapter 22, Salvation of the Holy Relationship, Section 3, Your Brother's Sinlessness. 16. The opposite of illusions is not disillusionment, but truth. Only to the ego to which truth is meaningless do they appear to be the only alternatives and different from each other. In truth, they are the same. Both bring the same amount of misery, though each one seems to be the way to lose the misery the other brings. Every illusion carries pain and suffering in the dark folds of its heavy garments with which it is hidden, with which it hides its nothingness. Yet in these dark and heavy garments are those who seek illusions covered and hidden from the joy of truth. 7. Truth is the opposite of illusions because it offers joy. What else but joy could be the opposite of misery? To leave one kind of misery and seek another is hardly an escape. To change illusions is to make no change. The search for joy in misery is senseless. For how could joy be found in misery? All that is possible in the dark world of misery is to select some aspects out of it, see them as different, to find the difference as joy. Yet to perceive a difference where none exists will surely fail to make a difference. Thank you, Lori. And Fran. 17. Truth is the opposite of illusions because it offers joy. What else but joy could be the opposite of misery? To leave one kind of misery and seek another is hardly an escape. To change illusions is to make no change. <clears throat> the search for joy in misery is senseless. For how could joy be found in misery? All that is possible in the dark world of misery is to select some aspects out of it, see them as different, and define the difference as joy. Yet to perceive a difference where none exists will surely fail to make a difference. 18. <clears throat> Illusions carry only guilt and suffering. 
sickness, and death to their believers. The form in which they are accepted is irrelevant. No form of misery in reason's eyes can be confused with joy. Joy is eternal. You can be sure indeed that any seeming happiness that does not last is really fear. Joy does not turn to sorrow, for the eternal cannot change. But sorrow can be turned to joy, for time gives way to the eternal. Only the timeless must remain unchanged, but everything in time can change with time. Yet if the change be real and not imagined, illusions must give way to truth and not to other dreams that are but equally unreal. This is no difference. Thank you, Fran. And Charles? 18. Illusions carry only guilt and suffering, sickness and death to their believers. The form in which they are accepted is irrelevant. No form of misery in reason's eyes can be confused with joy. Joy is eternal. You can be sure indeed that any seeming happiness that does not last is really fear. Joy does not turn to sorrow, for the eternal cannot change. But sorrow can be turned to joy, for time gives way to the eternal. Only the timeless must remain unchanged. But everything in time can change with time. Yet if the change be real and not imagined, illusions must give way to truth and not to other dreams that are but equally unreal. This is no this, this is no difference. Nineteen. Reason will tell you that the only way to escape from misery is to recognize it and go the other way. Truth is the same and misery the same, but they are different from each other in every way in every instant and without exception. To believe that one exception can exist is to confuse what is the same with what is different. One illusion cherished and defended against the truth makes all truth meaningless and all illusions real. Such is the point, such is the power of belief. It cannot compromise. And faith in innocence is faith in sin if the belief excludes one living thing and holds it out apart from its forgiveness. Pass. Oh, thank you, Charles. And Jennifer. 19. Reason will tell you that the only way to escape from misery is to recognize it and go the other way. Truth is the same and misery the same, but they are different from each other in every way, in every instance, and without exception. To believe 
that one exception can exist is to confuse what is the same with what is different. One illusion cherished and defended against the truth makes all truth meaningless and all illusions real. Such is the power of belief. It cannot compromise or compromise, excuse me. And faith in innocence is faith in sin. If the belief excludes one living thing and holds it out apart from its forgiveness. Mm. 20. Both reason and the ego will tell you this, but what they make of it is not the same. The ego will assure you now that it is impossible for you to see no guilt in anyone. And if this vision is the only means by which escape from guilt can be attained, then the belief in sin must be eternal. Yet reason looks on this another way. For reason sees the source of an idea as what will make it true or false. This must be so if the idea is like its source. Therefore, says reason, if escape from guilt was given to the Holy Spirit as his purpose and by one to whom nothing he wills can be impossible, the means for its attainment are more than possible. They must be there and you must have them. Thank you, Jennifer. And Karen. I'm going back one sentence. Faith in innocence is faith in sin if the belief excludes one living thing and holds it apart from its forgiveness. 20. Both reason and the ego will tell you this, but what they make of it is not the same. The ego will assure you now that it is impossible for you to see no guilt in anyone. And if this vision is the only means by which escape from guilt can be attained, then the belief in sin must be eternal. Yet reason looks on this another way. For reason sees the source of an idea as what will make it true or false. This must be so if the idea is like its source. Therefore, says reason, if escape from guilt was given to the Holy Spirit as his purpose and by one to whom nothing he wills can be impossible, the means for its attainment are more than possible. They must be there and you must have them. 21. This is a crucial period in this course, for here the separation of you and the ego must be made complete. For if you have the means to let the Holy Spirit's purpose be accomplished, they can be used. And through their use, will you gain faith in them? 
Yet to the ego, this must be impossible. And no one undertakes to do what holds no hope of ever being done. You know what your creator's will is. What your creator wills is possible. But what you made believes it is not so. Now must you choose between yourself and an illusion of yourself. Not both, but one. There is no point in trying to avoid this one decision. It must be made. Faith and belief can fall to either side, but reason tells you that misery lies only on one side and joy upon the other. Thank you, Karen. And Harrison. 21. This is a crucial period in this course. For here, the separation of you and the ego must be made complete. For if you have the means to let the Holy Spirit's purpose be accomplished, they can be used. And through their use, will you gain faith in them? Yet to the ego, this must be impossible. And no one undertakes to do what holds no hope of ever being done. You know what your creator wills is possible. But what you may believe, it is not so. Now, must you choose between yourself and an illusion of yourself? Not both, but one. There is no point in trying to avoid this one decision. It must be made. Faith and belief can fall to either side. But reason tells you that misery lies only on one side and joy upon the other. 22. Forsake not now each other, for you who are the same will not decide alone or differently. Either either you give each other life or death, either you are each other's savior or his judge, offering him sanctuary or condemnation. This course will be believed entirely 
or not at all. This course will be believed entirely or not at all. For it is wholly true or wholly false and cannot be but partially believed. And you will either escape from misery entirely or not at all. Reason will tell you that there is no middle ground where you can pause uncertainly, waiting to choose between the joy of heaven and the misery of hell. Until you choose heaven, you are in hell and misery. Wow. Thank you, Harrison and Judy. All righty then. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, everyone, for reading. 22. Forsake not now each other, for you who are the same will not decide alone, nor differently. Either you give each other life or death. Either you are each other's savior or his judge, offering him sanctuary or condemnation. This course will be believed entirely, entirely or not at all, for it is wholly true or wholly false and cannot be but partially believed. And you will either escape from misery entirely or not at all. Reason will tell you that there is no middle ground where you can pause uncertainly, waiting to choose between the joy of heaven and the misery of hell. Until you choose heaven, you are in hell and misery. 23. There is no part of heaven you can take and weave into illusions nor is there one illusion you can enter heaven with. A savior cannot be a judge, nor mercy condemnation. And vision cannot damn, but only bless. Whose function is to save, will save. How he will do it is beyond your understanding. But when must be your choice. For time you made and time you can command, you are no more a slave to time than to the world you made. Ooh, hallelujah. Thank you, Judy. And Jessica. Thanks, Lemoyne. Um, 23. There is no part of heaven you can take and weave into illusion. Nor is there one illusion 
you can enter heaven with. A savior cannot be a judge, nor mercy condemnation. And vision cannot damn, but only bless. Whose function is to save, will save. How he will do it is beyond your understanding. But when, when must be your choice. For time you made and time you can command. You are no more a slave to time than to the world you made. 24. Let us look closer at the whole illusion that what you made has power to enslave its maker. This is the same belief that caused the separation. It is the meaningless idea that thoughts can leave the thinker's mind, be different from it, and in opposition to it. If this were true, thoughts would not be the mind's extension, but its enemies. And here we see again another form of the same fundamental illusion we have seen many times before. Only if it were possible the Son of God could leave his Father's mind, make himself different, and oppose his will, would it be possible that the self he made and all it made should be his master? Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for 24 and 25? This is Sandra. I can read. Please do. 24. Let us look closer at the whole illusion that what you made has power to enslave its maker. This is the same belief that caused the separation. It is the meaningless idea that thoughts can leave the thinker's mind, be different from it, and in opposition to it. If this were true, thoughts would not be the mind's extensions, but its enemies. And here we see again another form of of the same fundamental illusion we have seen many times before. Only if it were possible the Son of God could leave his Father's mind, make himself different, and oppose his will, would it be possible that the self he made and all it made should be his master. 25. Behold the great projection, but look on it with the decision that it must be healed and not with fear. Nothing you made has any power over you unless you still would be part would be apart from it. Sorry, would be apart from your creator and with a will opposed to his. For only if you would believe his son would be his enemy does it seem possible that what you made is yours. You would condemn his joy to misery and make him different. And all the misery you made has been your own. Are you not glad to learn it is not true? Is it not welcome news to hear not one of the illusions 
that you made replaced the truth? Thank you, Sandra. And uh, is there another new reader for 25 and 26? Is there another new reader for 25 and 26? Okay. Back to you, Lori. Um, I'm going to go back a sentence, okay? Mm-hmm. We're talking about the same fundamental illusion. Only if it were possible, the Son of God could leave his Father's mind, make himself different, and oppose his will. Would it be possible that the self he made and all it made should be his master? 25. Behold the great projection, but look on it with the decision that it must be healed and not with fear. Nothing you made has any power over you unless you still would be apart from your creator and with a will opposed to his. For only if you would believe his son could be his enemy does it seem possible that what you made is yours. You would condemn his joy to misery and make him different. And all the misery you made has been your own. Are you not glad to learn that it is not true? Is it not welcome news to hear that not one of the illusions you made has replaced the truth? 26. Only your thoughts have been impossible. Salvation cannot be. It is impossible to look upon your Savior as your enemy and recognize him. Yet it is possible to recognize him for what he is, if God would have it so. What God has given to your holy relationship is there. For what he gave the Holy Spirit to give to you, he gave. Would you not look upon the Savior that has been given you? And would you not exchange in gratitude the function of an executioner you gave him for the one he has in truth? Receive of him what God has given him for you, not what you tried to give yourself. Thank you, Lori. And Fran? 26. Only your thoughts have been impossible. Salvation cannot be. It is impossible to look upon your Savior as your enemy and recognize him. Yet it is possible to recognize him for what he is if God would have it so. What God has given to your holy relationship is there. For what he gave the Holy Spirit to give to you, he gave. Would you not look upon the Savior that has been given you? And would you not exchange in gratitude the function of an executioner you gave him for the one he has in truth? Receive of him what God has given him for you, not what you tried to give yourself. 27. Beyond the bodies that you interposed between you and shining in the golden light which reaches it from the bright endless circle 
that extends forever is your holy relationship. Beloved of God himself, how still it rests in time and yet beyond, immortal yet on earth. How great the power that lies in it. Time waits upon its will, and earth will be as it would have it be. Here is no separate will, nor the desire that anything be separate. Its will has no exceptions, and what it wills is true. Every illusion brought to its forgiveness is gently overlooked and disappears, for at its center, Christ has been reborn to light his home with vision that overlooks the world. Would you not have this holy home be yours as well? No misery is here, but only joy. Thank you, Brian. And Charles. 27. Beyond the bodies that you interposed between you and the shining in the golden light which reaches it from the bright endless circle that extends forever is your holy relationship, beloved of God himself. How still it rests in time and yet beyond immortal, yet on earth. How great the power that lies in it. Time waits upon its will, and earth will be as it would have it be. Here is no separate will, nor the desire that anything be separate. Its will has no exceptions, and what it wills is true. Every illusion brought to its forgiveness is gently overlooked and disappears for at its center Christ has been reborn to light his home with vision that overlooks the world. Would you not have this body, this holy home, be yours as well? No misery is here, but only joy. 28. All you need do to dwell in quiet here with Christ is share his vision. Quickly and gladly is his vision given to anyone who is but willing to see his brother sinless. And no one can remain beyond this willingness if you would be released entirely from all effects of sin. Would you have partial forgiveness for yourself? Can you reach heaven while a single sin still tempts you to remain in misery? Heaven is the home of perfect purity, and God created it for you. Look on your holy brother, sinless as yourself, and let him lead you there. Amen. Well, thank you, Charles and Jennifer. 28. All you need do to dwell in quiet here with Christ is share his vision. Quickly and gladly 
is his vision given to anyone who is but willing to see his brother sinless. And no one can remain beyond this willingness if you would be released entirely from all effects of sin. Would you have partial forgiveness for yourself? Can you reach heaven while single sin still tempts you to remain in misery? Heaven is the home of perfect purity and God created it for you. Look on your holy brother and sisters, sinless as yourself, and uh, let him lead you there. Thank you, Jennifer. And, uh, hmm. Um, well, I feel called to to do a try and summarize some of the central part of this, but I think I'll just let it rest right now and turn to you, Bren, for today's lesson. As, uh, <laughs> I think without forgiveness, I'd still be blind to this whole, to what this offers. So, um, please lead us in uh, today's lesson, if you will, friend. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme we're on now is, What is the World? And today's lesson is Lesson 247, Without Forgiveness. I will still be blind. So I shall read some from What is the World, and then we will go to our lesson and do our five-minute practice. Okay, what is the world? The world is false perception. It is born of error and has not left its source. It will remain no longer than the thought which gave it birth is cherished. When the thought of separation has been changed to one of true forgiveness, will the world be seen in quite another light, and one which leads to truth, where all the world must disappear and all its errors vanish. Now its source has gone, and its effects are gone as well. Let us not rest content until the world has joined our changed perception. Let us not be satisfied until forgiveness has been made complete and let us not attempt to change our function. We must save the world, for we who made it must behold it through the eyes of Christ that what was made to die be restored to everlasting life. Now we'll go over to the lesson. 247. Without forgiveness, I will still be blind. Sin is the symbol of attack. Behold it anywhere, and I will suffer. For forgiveness is the only means whereby Christ's vision comes to me. Let me accept what his sight shows me as the simple truth 
and I am healed completely. Brother, come and let me look on you. Your loveliness reflects my own. Your sinlessness is mine. You stand forgiven, and I stand with you. So would I look on everyone today. My brothers are your sons. Your fatherhood created them and gave them all to me as part of you and my own self as well. Today I honor you through them, and thus I hope this day to recognize my true self. Lesson 247, without forgiveness, I will still be blind. Do our five-minute practice.
Lesson 247, without forgiveness, I will still be blind. Amen. Oh, Thank you. Thank you, Fran. Welcome. Oh, thank, you. thank you, Fran. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. And thank you, Fran. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, everyone who I've heard in the reading today. This is Reverend Bill. Good morning, Reverend Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Reverend Bill. Welcome. What a surprise. Yeah. Blessed be to all of you. How sweet was this? Let us find the real world. Thank you. It's sweet. And behold, it is here. You all sound like angels in soprano, alto, baritone, and tenor, and bass. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Ida. Oh <laughs> beautiful mind. I love it. Morning, this is Charles. Uh, my perception would keep me blind without forgiveness. Uh, as I use my thoughts to see my brother as something other than what he truly is in the light of God's love in the holy instant, formless and free and blessed, um, I tend to judge myself and my brother according to the form in which I see. And as I realize it's my thoughts that are holding the feelings I have and Holy Spirit help me to see the holiness and blessedness we share together as one. And to realize the light of his love is my salvation. And to learn what forgiveness is something that is shared between that which is truly there. What a beautiful lesson today. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Thanks, Charles. Beautifully said. Yes. Thank you, Charles. Jennifer. I just want to comment um, that on the flip side, when you when I'm feeling joy, 
that that too is shared. And um, I, I went to church yesterday, and um, and I I had a bunch of older women come up to me and say, "Oh, you you look you look so peaceful, so so happy." And I all I can think it was because I'm sharing it and it's being received. And there's no separation in that sharing. So on the flip side, when I release all judgment of myself and, and everything, I land in incredible peace. Incredible, just blissful peace. Everything is a sway, and, and it's just so much grace. And um, some days are harder than others to, of course, to, you know, maybe find that place for me. But I'm experiencing it more and more. And you guys, it's shared. Shared. Misery, maybe not. But the joy, it is. And I, I just love you all. Thanks for sharing. Thank you, Thank Jennifer. Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks, Thank Jennifer. Just recognize that all those ladies who came up and acknowledged that in you, they were feeling it within themselves as well. That was a powerful sharing. Thank you. Good point. Thanks, Reverend Bill. I'm going to make one more point, and that is when a brother or sister is not able to receive that, I'm just going to send them love, and I'm going to see them as whole and sinless as they truly are. And I'm not going to buy into hell because that's just not the truth. And I extend to every one of you to be vigilant in doing the same because that's where salvation really is. We're all in some way, place, in time. I know I'll be there. And it will be when you see me whole that that's what pulls, helps me pull up and, and, and see the truth in me. That's where the real, that's where the real work is. And I, and I'm, I'm committed. I say yes to that. I'm complete. And I say yes to you as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good morning, it's Karen. I had a very strange experience this morning. Um, first, I just want to go back to one of the parts of the reading, and it said, it said, um, illusions and disillusionment are the same. They're both illusions. You can't uh, address it. One illusion by and adopting a different illusion, you're still an illusion and not in truth. 
And in my notes on the page, it said, loneliness is an illusion. And in the world, we, we tend to try to um, address loneliness by special relationships, which is another illusion. It's not unity. Unity would be truth. There's no such, there's no such thing as loneliness. There's no such thing as being alone. That would be the truth. But instead, the ego goes, okay, well, you want to get rid of loneliness, find a special relationship. Um, I have this sensation in my body, and it's been the source of, like, all this historical drama and all of these um, ways of trying to manage it and deal with it and put it in context that I can accept. And it's just like doing all kinds of illusions to deal with an illusion. And today, in the meditation earlier this morning, it was like, no, just it's just an illusion. It doesn't have to be dealt with at all. It doesn't have to be addressed at all. It's just it just has to be recognized as an illusion. The um, the falsehood in the ego is to think it has to be changed, to think it has to be healed. And um, then an then another example came to me. Um, I was feeling nauseous, and I started to take my walk through the woods, and I was aware of the nauseousness. And, and instead of, like, going down any path of, like, how do I fix this or should, how, can I feel better, or instead of all the stuff that my ego mind would have me do, I just shifted into I'm fine and I'm in the light. I'm not a body. And I didn't do it on purpose. But it was that shift, that shift into that body awareness isn't important to me. I don't have to fight it. I don't have to fix it. I don't have to um, address it. It's just not who I am. And I can pull back and just notice, oh, yeah, the body might feel a little nauseous right now. No big deal. I don't have to attach any understanding to it, any meaning to it. I don't have to go through all the the things in my mind that I've been doing all my life with this other sensation that I was, um, you know, talking about before. Anyway, uh, thank you for letting me share that. I'm complete. Oh, Karen, thank you for shining your light. Beautiful. Thank you. That's beautiful, Karen. Reminds me of that quote, illusions uh, remain illusions as long as you value them their investments, and when I no longer invest in them, uh, somehow they just go away. <laughs> so thank you for that. Yeah, thank you, Karen. I really, really appreciate your share. Thank you, Karen, for your share. I am... Um... I'm coming from this, what is the same cannot be different, and what is different is not the same. What is one cannot have separate parts. Um, and, and the source, what's the source of separation? What is the source of all the differentiation? Um, that in all the world of differentiation, the ego's perception of differences 
the ego's perception of things being different and separate. And the source, capital source, which sees everything as itself, the text makes this distinction clear to me. And that forgiveness is the final illusion in the dream of illusions. I love what you brought up, Karen, from the text about um, illusionment. The, the end of illusion is not disillusionment because we seek in the world, you know, every form of objective happiness, and and we find the flip side of it: things that are temporal, um, and and we lose even if we have a sense of gain and happiness temporarily, um, that things in the world change because they are temporal and they're not lasting or eternal. And that the only thing that really is worthy of us in our truth is that which is eternal, which is love. That's the only thing that we can truly share. But that forgiveness, when complete, when I completely see this, there's nothing that a value that I see in the world outside of myself that I need or want to complete myself, to make me happy or to bring me peace. This is the relinquishment of my ego because that's the way the ego perceives. And I think I'm just repeating what Karen said. But the, um, that the means are given us. Forgiveness is the means to my awareness of Christ's vision, which overlooks judging anything in the world as anything I need or want to complete me, to restore my mind to the awareness of its changelessness, what's permanent in me and does not change is the truth. And it's universally applicable and can be universally found in everything that God and love is changeless and formless. I cannot see it with my body's eyes. That's why it appears and seems to be the truth, but it hides the truth. Perception is deception. And I, my perceiving myself as a body is my, my, my own false perception of myself. What I am cannot be perceived. I am spirit, purely one, purely one mind, mind in, in service of God, which is, gives me my function to love and be loved and to accept, accept God as he created me and, and as, as he created everything to be, capital source of my happiness, not to make myself miserable. But that salvation is that I can't leave the mind of God. It's an impossibility. And anything that I'm dreaming up or making up as a source of misery simply is not true. It's not a source of, of further disillusionment. Not to let the ego further make me feel disillusioned, but go to the joy of truth, the joy of the Holy Spirit, the joy of the freedom that truth makes me free from all of illusion, all of sin and sickness, suffering and death, all of which are illusions. So this is really coming full circle. And that 
one choice to end and the and and the the source of of choice all the choices the myriads of 10,000 choices that the ego thinks it has to make to the one simple choice for truth the one choiceless choice for truth that I see the truth I see the holiness I see my holiness in the holiness of everything I see through the eyes of Christ through vision through innocence and holiness this is a beautiful beautiful you're all beautiful and I love you so glad we're all here together today thank you what is one is the same and does not have different parts amen I'm complete amen Judy if you that's what you say to yourself all day long no wonder you always sound happy on this call that's great thank you amen to that thank you Jude. 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 beautiful thank you Ida This reminds me of the morning of. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was oh, gonna, I was gonna, go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. Quickly. Um, okay. Thank you. Thank you. I I said the morning I blew you a kiss when you said that, and I thought about how, what's really real, and one time I'll just make a long story short. But this guy I just met in the evening before when he gave the the talk to all of us about the Peruvian whistle pots right when he was on his way home back to Sedona and right when he died he kissed me on the cheek in the middle of the night and uh, I knew again that death is not real so I'm just so I'm so full of of the, of the tears inside now sharing it with you and this was this was 30 years ago this was a long time ago. My boyfriend was sleeping right next to me, and it wasn't him. It was this other guy saying goodbye. Thank you, honey. Uh, thank you, everybody. I'm complete. Wow. What a beautiful That's sharing. beautiful, Ida. Thank you thank so you. much for sharing that. Wow. Yeah, thank you, Ida. Yes, thank you, oh, Ida. How sweet. Thank you, Ida. The kiss of the immortality. <laughs> that was beautiful, Ida. Thank you. Ida, we all kiss your forehead. <laughs> now, not later. Oh, thank you, Sandra. That's beautiful.
This is Reverend Bill. I'm out here in our dried-up riverbed walking my dog. So I'm on mute most of the time, but I am so celebrating all the different sharings, all the love, all the connection that is here in this call. I love the silence, too, between each of the sharings that is indicative of the space. Um, it's great to be here. I really appreciate this. Very warm, very sweet, and I'm pleased to hear the different voices that are familiar from recent or from the past. And I wonder, did I hear Harrison as one of the voices in here today? If so, blessings to you, Harrison. Love to you. Thank you, Bill. You did hear my voice. Yeah. I still remember (laughs) the first time we met was a blessing. Thank you. Amen. Oh, I just get goosebumps as I'm experiencing this and hearing you as well as all that's being sharing, shared here in this beautiful day, this beautiful moment. And yes, let us see the world as it is. May we each release our perceptions, forgive them, let them go and feel the love, and feel the perfection, the wholeness that that is integrated in our being, in this world, and in these circles together. We're coming home. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Reverend Bill. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Bell. So nice to hear you. Thank you, Reverend Bell. Good morning, Ms. Harrison. I met Bill and Ida in person at the same time. in a little town in Arizona without forgiveness I will still be blind it's such a key idea for me in the course who wants to be blind But I've lived my life not knowing that I was blind. The world I see is blinding me to the truth of who I am and who all of my brothers and sisters are. And the key to getting out of 
that word, the course says, is forgiveness. One lesson, he says, forgiveness is the key to happiness. In this lesson, without forgiveness, I will still be blind. He tells me that sin is the symbol of attack. Behold it anywhere, and I will suffer. The key is understanding when the Course talks about sin. He's not talking about necessarily our behavior, our acts. He's talking about our beliefs. He's talking about how we choose to see the world and how we choose to see ourselves and each other. To me, if I see sin anywhere, I will suffer. If I attack you, I'm excluding myself and only myself from the kingdom. If I see you as sinful, I'm seeing myself as sinful. Everything is a projection. And how do I undo this belief that I have strongly held in this projection? And of course tells me that the only answer is forgiveness. Forgiveness is the only means by which Christ's vision comes to me. Let me accept what his sight shows me as the simple truth and I'm healed completely. Amazingly simple. Let me accept what his vision shows me as the simple truth. Not what my eyes see. The problem I've had is that I've judged everything 
by what my eyes are showing me. By what my senses are telling me is there. If I see my brother as sinless, if I see myself as sinless, I'm seeing with forgiveness. Your sinlessness is mine. And it's not just you who stand forgiven. Yes, risen, there is no you out there. I stand forgiven. The only problem there is is the problem of the separation. That's the only problem there is. The belief that I have separated from God. Forgiveness is a way of undoing that. And when I forgive, I see my brother as myself, and I see myself as the Holy Son of God. And I accept totally and completely that the separation never occurred. I never separated myself from God. And that's true forgiveness for me. I'm complete. Beautiful, Harrison. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much, Harrison. Thanks, Harrison. Amen, Harrison. I got to answer the bug, man. Morning, this is Sandra, and without forgiveness, I will still be blind. And I've been thinking a lot about evolution and what a neutral word it is. You know, when when, when things are evolving, they can look chaotic, they can look organized, they can look peaceful, they can look like warlike, because it's evolving, it's in change, it's in movement, there's, there's something happening, there's an energy flow. But as soon as I judge, I block that flow. And um, forgiveness for trauma survivors, which there's, oops, many of, I, I think on this phone line, <laughs> I being one of them, can be very hard because I don't think I was born thinking or feeling or experiencing separation. I think I was born pure love. 
And then I had an experience of, of being violated, abused, you know, beaten, whatever. It, it doesn't matter what the experience was because we've all had them. And they're, they're to different degrees, but it doesn't matter because we all experience them the way we experience them. And the experience that we have when we experience these traumas is separation. We feel lost. We feel alone. And those, it's, it, it comes from having an experience. Uh, and then there's this evolutionary process. Um, even in my lifetime, I mean, in my parents' lifetime, you beat your kids. Why? Because you had to, why? My mother was confronted at one point by my sister and said, my sister said to her, how do you think I felt when I watched what you were doing to my baby sister? I didn't know what to do. I felt helpless. And my mother said, I just wanted to make her strong, which she did, by the way. <laughs> because, but, but in my lifetime, I was told you're not a, it's illegal now to to hit your kids. It's illegal. We've evolved to that point where it's now illegal to hit your children. We abuse in other ways though, which is illegal, but it still happens. So, um it's just part of the evolutionary process and if I don't judge any of it, It'll keep moving, and the prediction, what's been foretold by the indigenous, is that we're moving into an age of enlightenment, an age where there will be peace, where there, where there will no longer be opposites, because there will no longer be judgment. We'll know it's all just part of the evolutionary process that's happening on this planet. I'm complete. Thank you for that deep share. Oh. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah, thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra, and amen to that. And we are the ones that are included in this and making this unfold. It's our choice, isn't it? Thank you. Thank you, and it's a choice we will all make when we're ready. My experience of that has been that as long as I keep putting in the energy, the effort, the willingness, the substance, the practice, that all of a sudden it pops. It has nothing to do with what I want. It ha- it's just a matter of me putting in the, putting in the, the, uh, the energy, the willingness. And then without my, you know, it's not on demand. It comes when it comes, when the Holy Spirit says it's going to come. And I, I, my experience is that it comes in layers. I'm complete. I agree. That's my experience as well. Thanks for sharing it so clearly.
Well, the wind just picked up, and perhaps you can hear that coming through my Bluetooth. But this wind just continues to represent the continuous flow, the sharing that we are doing, the openness, the willingness, and accepting it. And I had a vision of the number of us who are in this circle, just with our arms wrapped around one another in one circle, feeling the light, sharing the light. Thank you all for creating this space. I'm complete. Thank you, Reverend Bell. Yeah, thank you, Reverend Bell. Thank you. Without forgiveness, I would still be blind. You know, there there seemed to have been a lot of time elapsed uh, in my mind between um, the time I recognized the truth and the time I experienced the truth. Um, the direct experience of innocence and holiness is utterly shared without compromise or exception anywhere. And joy, he says in this reading, is eternal. So my solution is to recognize misery and go the other way. Um, There's a lot of time between that experience of joy and going the other way from misery that time elapses, the time it uh, seems to have taken for my forgiveness to be complete. And every time I'm on this call, uh, it feels, the experience is such that uh, I have no reason to question whether my forgiveness is complete because every, every voice here I recognize as part of myself. But then there's those situations. This weekend I had such a lovely experience of of the lesson about peace. We had it just a couple of days ago. I have to repeat it. Your peace is with me, Father. I am safe. In that lesson, in that lesson, we say, 
Your peace surrounds me, Father. Where I go, your peace goes there with me. It sheds its light on everyone I meet. Oh, and further yet, I bring it to the desolate, lonely, and afraid. And further, I give your peace to those who suffer pain or grieve for loss or think they are bereft and of hope and happiness. And further yet, I say, send them to me, my Father. Let me bring your peace with me. For I would save your son as is your will that I may come to recognize my true self. Send them to me, my Father. Um, the, the reach that he's asking me to make with my mind is the same reach that he says recognize thoughts do not leave their source and go out and change and turn into something else. My thoughts, my thoughts of separation are the last bastion between me and heaven. That's, that's, um, that's what I need to recognize. So many thoughts occur, you know. But when I make that honest prayer with my heart, send them to me, my Father, I recognize I have a trust. I have a sacred trust. He says it in this lesson so well. Your fatherhood created them and gave them to gave them all to me as part of you and my own self as well. This sacred trust, this honor, this privilege uh, to radiate light and peace uh, is something that I need recognized without compromise all the time. And the only thing that keeps me from that recognition are random thoughts. Random thoughts. You can't turn on the television without hearing a random thought, you know. All these random thoughts that we collectively had to make this world of separation seem so real are the same random thoughts that run through my mind. Um, they're like they're they're like dots on a river, you know. Each one of these random thoughts is an invitation to forget who I am, to forget my trust, to forget the eternal nature of joy. Boy, that's a big one when you're in the midst of grief or loss. Um, to remember that joy is eternal. And if you're experiencing misery, you're having a, a random thought that's causing you to suffer. All suffering, all suffering that I can experience is a consequence of random thoughts I've let take up residence in my mind. Like little, little attractive signals that say, join me here, join me there, join me here, join me there. Recognize misery and go the other way, he says. Took me a long time to do that. Recognize misery and go the other way. The misery, 
is to deny my sacred trust because in that denial I forget myself and um, and, I, and this weekend I just had a really lovely experience I prayed with honesty send them to me my father the next thing you know I was in a situation where uh, I was just allowed to just allowed to radiate in fact it was oh dear I'm gonna cry if I talk about that but um, it was actually this experience happened in the home of someone who said they would never ever enter my home again <laughs> nor welcome me in theirs and all of that was just gone you know like it never happened this is our sacred trust send me to them send them to me my father let me recognize they belong to you as part of myself and I can give them honor and recognize that that heaven isn't something that happens to me when I die heaven is here and now when I satisfy my sacred honor and trust and um, it's such a privilege it's just such a privilege to know that without forgiveness I will still be blind forgiveness is is um, is God's gift to me through Christ's vision and um, when I recognize that trust uh, I recognize my home I'm complete oh thanks so much Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Wow. Thank you, Lori. You're so precious. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. That was a powerful and beautiful share going within. Thank you.
And thank you, Lori. Um, yeah, this is Lemoyne. And uh, <laughs> it's interesting. It's one of those days where the who we call Gabe the Bugman comes and uh, I end up waiting for him to I ended up waiting for quite some time like half an hour for him to get back here while he talked with the homeowner Dave um, because he has he has me spray my own room so it's good I think to be put on hold and uh, not do the the summary that I wanted to do, which is the lesson <clears throat> well tangled up with the particular lesson I need to learn. But uh, and thank you all for the really bringing out this. Thing it happened started pretty early with Karen that the opposite of illusions is not disillusionment but truth. So yeah, I've been uh, struggling with against the judgment that uh, I can't seem to escape when I fall into it that I laid upon myself and that naturally involves everything. <laughs> which is uh, understandable in the sense that to be effective in creating separation of me from life, it has to involve everything because each of us is part of this golden light which reaches us from the bright endless circle that extends forever and it reaches us through a holy relationship which is constant and eternal not through our own effort but as it was created as an extension of the love of God himself and how still it rests in time and yet beyond thank God <laughs> immortal yet still here on earth um, how great the power that lies in it and uh Well, I haven't haven't been sick and noticing the really powerful onset of symptoms come along with come right on the heels of just well, it was just a hint of the internal judgment of how 
life is that uh, <laughs> it seemed like I needed to overcome that judgment but the opposite what does it say here the opposite of illusions is not disillusionment but truth and the truth is here that uh, I've been suffering uh, an impossible thought. My thought has been impossible. And so it brings me impossibility. But salvation cannot be impossible. It is impossible, from 26, it is impossible to look upon your Savior as your enemy and recognize him. Yet it is possible to recognize him for what he is if God would have it so. What God has given to your holy relationship is there. For what he gave the Holy Spirit to give to you, he gave. Would you not look upon the Savior that has been given you? And would you not exchange in gratitude the function of an executioner you gave him for the one he has in truth? Receive of him what God has given him for you, not what you tried to give yourself. So, um, it is, it is possible, (laughs) it's completely possible to look on everyone with this vision that overlooks the world and remain in the holy home that is created in the holy relationship we share being created by created eternally by the love of God himself. And all we need do is to dwell in quiet here is to share the vision. And exchange. Not just not this prove the impossible thoughts, but just exchange them. For the vision that includes everyone and the love of God. Heaven is the home of perfect purity and God created it for you, for me, for everyone. And uh, with that vision, 
thoughts that seem to demand separation can just be shined away. And I'm complete. Do you have a, a poetic close for this all, Lori? Oh, that was a beautiful share. Thank you. As I reflected on this reading lesson this morning, um, I, I went to lesson 159. 159 is uh, the complete embodiment of what's offered today. He says in that lesson, Christ's vision is the bridge between the worlds. And in its power, you can safely trust to carry you from this world into one made holy by forgiveness. Things which seem quite solid here are merely shadows there, transparent, faintly seen, at times forgot, and never able to obscure the light that shines beyond them. Holiness has been restored to vision, and the blind can see. Behold the store of miracles set out for you to give. Are you not worth the gift when God appointed it to be given you? Judge not God's Son, but follow in the way he has established. Christ has dreamed the dream of a forgiven world. It is his gift whereby a sweet transition can be made from death to life, from hopelessness to hope. Let us an instant dream with him. His dream awakens us to truth. His vision gives the means for the return to our unlost and everlasting sanctity in God. Thanks for asking, Lemoyne. I was really happy to go to that this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lemoyne. Yeah, thank you, Lori. And, uh, yeah. Simple truth. Um, <clears throat> and thank you, everyone who's here this morning, reading or listening. Those who've been and gone, those who've joined us, those who listen later. I'll end the recording here with not the call. And uh, on we go.